So what does your doctor actually mean when he says to exercise? Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about the types and amount of physical activity that have been pro- had proven health benefits on Access Health Radio. Dr. Forrest, you did this on purpose, I know, because we're right in the middle of the holiday season, and here you are talking about exercise, making me feel guilty. <laughs> I-, I know you planned it that way. Everywhere you turn, somebody on the news is talking about the benefits of exercise. When you go to the doctor, they tell you to exercise. So to Today, you're going to set me straight. I want to know exactly what does it mean, and can you go into some of the specific health benefits of exercise? Yes. So, Mike, exercise is one of those things that everybody talks about doing, knows they should do, yet most people spend less than a half an hour or so per week. It's also the time of year where it is really difficult uh, you know, with the weather being being not ideal to be outside, uh, but it's also the most important time to do it, uh, even though it's hard because it's harder when you're in holiday seasons to be as good about the diet. And I think one of the problems is that the advice that that a lot of doctors give, and I think most people give, is way too general. And people often don't know really how much is enough or what types of activity they can uh, get the most benefits from. So today, I thought I'd give some specific information on exactly what physicians often mean when they say get more exercise. Now, you mentioned how much time most people spend actually exercising. What are some of the time recommendations you would give? Well, so the first one is going to be for aerobic activity. And for aerobic activity, we typically recommend 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity or 75 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity a week uh, or a combination of the two. Um, But the guidelines suggest that you spread that you know, 75 of really intense exercise or 150 of just moderate exercise out over, you know, at least five days if possible. Um, Strength training is another category. So, you know, the aerobic activity has been shown to have all kinds of heart benefits, conditioning benefits, lung benefits. Uh, But we know that strength training, especially as people get older, can offer some other protections, can help prevent falls, uh, can keep bones strong. It also makes it so that you actually keep your metabolism up. So do strength training exercises for all the major muscle groups at least two times a week. Uh, You want to aim to do a single set of each exercise using a weight or resistance level that's heavy enough to tire your muscles out after about 12 to 15 repetitions. So, you know, if you if you pick up a weight and you can lift it 100 times, uh, that's just too light. Um, if you pick up a weight and you can only do it five times, that's too heavy. So you really ideally want something that you're going to tire out your muscles at about 12 to 15 repetitions. And those specific amounts of time are what many will call an exercise prescription. So I've even at times written down instructions for activity on an actual prescription pad and given it to a patient and said, hey, I want you to do 150 minutes a week of moderate aerobic activity. I want you to break it down into five days. And so they know that's roughly 30 minutes a day. Um, but those that's specifically what we mean. So 150 minutes at least of moderate aerobic activity a week or strength training for all the major muscle groups at least twice a week. I feel like I'm sitting in your office and I'm taking notes right now because I I feel like I'm getting my own prescription. So I really appreciate that. 
time now, Doc, for our Access Health Tip of the Week. And we want to thank our Tip of the Week sponsor, We Care. They're an independent local pharmacy located in Apex. They offer free delivery at the lowest cost for most prescription medications and free delivery in the Triangle area. You can give them a call at 919-629-6010. Or you can email them as well, rph at wecareofapex.com. So for our tip of the week this week, you might be surprised to learn that research has shown that exercise is a very worthwhile investment of your time. On average, every minute that you exercise adds two minutes to your life. So that's a, that's a doubling. That's a pretty good return on investment. That is definitely an ROI. Straight ahead, we're going to talk about how hard you need to exercise to do good. This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. Welcome back to Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. Dr. Forrest, if folks want more information after the show or maybe some information about your practice in Apex, how can they get that? Uh, If after the show they want to listen to an on-demand podcast, they can listen to that at WPTF.com. And we also have links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. If they want information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to acchealth.com. Again, that's A-C-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com, or they can call 919-363-0190. And if they have questions that they want answered that are not emergent, general non-emergent questions, they can send an email to accesshealthradio at gmail.com, and a lot of times we'll actually use those questions uh, to have something to answer on our mailbag shows as well. We're talking exercise today. Dr. Forrest, uh, how hard do you have to exercise to actually have it do any good? Well, if you're moving, that's good. Uh, But to get into a zone where you can actually burn more calories and get some physical conditioning, you need a target heart rate of about 65 to 75% of your maximum heart rate for moderate intensity exercise. So here's how you figure that out. You get your maximum heart rate by subtracting your age from 220. So if you're 40, your maximum heart rate is 180, and your zone would be about 65 to 75% of that for an average of about 154 beats a minute. You can also calculate your pulse by feeling it in your wrist or neck and counting the number of beats in 10 seconds and then multiplying times six. So if you counted 20 beats in 10 seconds, that would mean your heart rate is 120. All right. So what if uh, you just don't feel comfortable checking your own pulse? Is there another way to know if you have your heart rate up high enough? Well, anytime you're doing an aerobic activity, uh, you're going to use more oxygen. And so it should make you slightly out of breath. Uh, Think of it just to the point if you were having a conversation with somebody that they would notice that you were breathing heavier uh, and that you had to sort of take a little extra breath at the end of a sentence. So if you feel like, hey, if I was talking to somebody right now, they could definitely tell I was sort of uh, breathing a little heavier, sort of huffing Mm -hmm. and puffing, uh, that works. But also these days, you know, we have so much technology uh, that will take your pulse for you. You know, we'll talk maybe a little bit more in, in a minute about smart trackers, but there's so many ways you can get your pulse checked uh, very accurately these days with very inexpensive devices too. Now, you just talked about those uh, trackers. Uh, Fitbit, I think, is uh, is the big one out there. Do those really help? 
Well, I have to admit, I used to be skeptical of them uh, myself until I actually received one as a gift. Um, there are all different types, but even the really expensive ones, inexpensive ones, will do a good job of tracking steps. Most people suggest a step goal of around 10000 per day. With some of those smarter trackers, uh, you know, things like Apple Watches, Garmin's, uh, some of those that have a lot more features, they'll also monitor your pulse rate, calculate distance, elevation changes, calories. They really give you a more complete look at your activity level. They also can be motivational, and uh, this is something I would have doubted. I really would have thought that you know a, a device that you wear on your arm would, would actually help you exercise. Um, but I'll be honest, you know, the one I use with the uh, uh, has rings, and if I don't close my activity rings, I actually feel like I messed up for the day. And so uh, it is somewhat motivational, almost in a, a compulsive type way. I want to make sure I close those rings every day. Uh, and that's really helped. You know, if I get to, you know, eight or nine o'clock at night and uh, they're not closed, I literally will uh, put on some shoes, go outside and start walking until they close. Uh, so I think it really does help. Uh, so, you know, when you're thinking about giving gifts, I think these make great gifts. You know, there's all different price, price ranges, and you might be giving someone something that could actually make them healthier, make them live longer, and actually feel better. So I think they, they make terrific gifts, which is really appropriate, you know, this time of year. Oh, who'd have thunk? I think I think I know someone that could use one right now, and I'm not meaning myself, but hint, hint, honey. Uh, straight ahead, we're going to cover some key points. We've got some great information still to come about exercise. That's right. Right here in the middle of the holidays, we're talking about losing weight and getting in shape. It can be done. And our Access Health Trivia of the Week is straight ahead. This is Access Health Radio. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. We are talking exercise right here in the middle of the holiday season. It is possible. I'm, I'm listening, Dr. Forrest, and I'm recommitting myself to actually getting in shape over the holidays. It might be crazy, but I think I can do it. Yeah, that's an uphill battle for most <laughs> folks. You know, it, our, with our patients... Uh, we've actually kept track every year. And a lot of times I'll tell patients as we're going into to a holiday season, uh, I give them this information so that they're not, you know, depressed and mm -hmm. that they're not sort of downtrodden at the end of the holidays. Uh, but it, it can be uh, a little bit upsetting. Uh, if we look at people's weight uh, at the beginning of November, and then we look at that, those same people's weights uh, in January, on average, now granted, this isn't one particular person, so some people don't gain any, some people lose some, uh, some people gain more, but on average, it's 12 pounds that the average person gains from just November to January. Wow. And 12 pounds, that's roughly about 40,000 extra calories that somebody's consumed. So uh, it, it really can be a lot. It really can. Well, that's, that's a wake-up call for me, and I'm, I'm thinking about those cookies waiting at home even as we speak. Time now for the Access Health Trivia of the Week. I know this is hard to believe, but did you know that most people spend more time on the toilet each week than they do exercising? In fact, although the average American spends nearly 10 hours per day in front of some type of screen – 
They only spend between 30 minutes and an hour per week working out. So I think, you know, a lot of times we have to be accountable to ourselves. And when you hear those kind of numbers and realize that, you know, if you just spent one-fourth of your screen time exercising or the exact same amount of time that people, you know, do in the bathroom each week, uh, that that would be a significant amount of exercise. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of hours in the week. You really only need to spend about uh, two of them uh, total per week exercising. So it's a very small percentage. We just have to, to make the effort to, to get out there and do it. That's uh, one of the reasons I mentioned before, sometimes these devices, the, the, the main thing they do, there's nothing magical about them. But I think what it does is it gives people some accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they, they're like, oh, well, maybe I didn't really walk that much today. I think, I think most of us have a, a tendency to rationalize at the end of the day. Uh, well, you know, I, I did this at work. I had to walk to the parking lot a couple times when I parked my car. Uh, I probably got a lot of exercise today. And when they really look at it and they, they actually start counting the steps, they're like, oh, well, you know, heck, I thought I was going five miles a day. It turns out I was only going 500 feet. And it really gives them sort of an objective look at the amount of activity they're getting. So, you know, with as we talked about before, getting that bang for the buck, that two minutes of extra life expectancy for every one minute of exercise, it really is something that we want to invest in. Uh, and it, I think it, it's sort of a, a sad state. I don't want to be the person uh, that meets this this trivia for the week that you know is literally <laughs> spending more time in the bathroom uh, than I do exercising in a week. So I think it's something we can all work on and work towards. And I think today, given some specifics, has really helped that out some. Now, clearly, of course, I work here at the radio station. I do a lot of walking, but it's in very short bursts. Uh, is that helpful? Well, that's an interesting question. So it turns out that, you know, when you walk basically from one chair to another uh, across a room, it doesn't really accomplish much, even even if you did that, you know, 50 times a day. Because what happens is when you stand up, your body starts to send a signal to your heart to say, you know, beat faster, burn more more oxygen and that type thing. But it takes your heart a while to start speeding up. And so if let's say you're walking a distance across a room, 30, 50 feet, by the time you get to where you're going and, and maybe sit down there or accomplish whatever task you were going for, your heart's sort of like, oh, never mind. There's no reason to increase the heart rate. You're sitting back down again. And then, you know, you turn around and you go back and you say, well, okay, I'm walking back. That's exercise. Well, again, you may not have time to really get your body's metabolism increasing or getting your oxygen burn up or getting your heart rate up much, you know, if you're talking about just walking uh, across a room. Uh, now, every bit, every bit helps in terms of activity. So, you know, just being mobile by itself helps people with flexibility, helps people with their conditioning and their balance and things like that. But there really is sort of this minimum idea that you really do want about 150 minutes a week and, and not in any segments, maybe shorter than 20 minutes. So when we look at how long does it take your body to basically get in a mode where you're actually starting to burn fat, uh, it turns out it takes at least 20 minutes really for that to happen. The, the first 20 minutes, you know, uh, of any exercise, your body can burn energy that you've stored in your liver, uh, what we call your glycogen stores. And so it takes a while to deplete that. So, you know, if you exercised for 19 minutes and then you stopped, 
you might not really burn any fat that's significant at all because you may have just sort of depleted your glycogen stores. And then when you go and uh, eat that hamburger or that bag of potato chips, you've immediately just filled back up your glycogen stores in your liver and you never really burned off anything. So that's why I like that 20 minutes is sort of the idea of a minimum. I, I don't like people to, to really think that they've done a workout unless it's at least 20 minutes long because it takes your body a while to get ramped up in doing that. Now, there are some exceptions. So uh, there's some uh, I've seen some exercise equipment uh, where it says, you know, ex- get all your exercise per day in two minutes. Uh, that might be a little overstated, but there's some truth to it in that the fact that if you do really, really intense, vigorous exercise, and that would be, you know, things like running, sprinting, cross-country skiing, uh, that's really intense, very, you know, peak effort mm-hmm. exercise – you can get your heart rate up pretty quick with those type things. You know, one example is like jumping jacks. Uh, if you start doing jumping jacks, it doesn't take very long before your heart rate increases. <laughs> so, you know, if you do jumping jacks for a couple of minutes, you've got your heart rate up. But think about if you walked from one end of your house to the other, you're probably not going to accomplish the same thing. So the intensity of the exercise also is really important uh, in terms of, especially if you're going to try to get any use out of short burst of activity. For my way of thinking about exercise, just consider that you kind of need a 20-minute minimum uh, to really have accomplished anything. And 150 minutes divided seven days a week is basically you know a little over 20 minutes a day. And if you do 30 minutes, that basically means you only have to exercise five days a week and you get two days off. Or some people will say to me, well, hey, during the week, you know, when I'm working, I really don't have time to exercise. So what about if I do 75 minutes on Saturday and 75 minutes on Sunday? Well, it turns out that actually works pretty well because you're doing 75 minutes of continuous activity. You've gotten over that 20-minute threshold. Uh, And if you did 75 minutes of of moderate uh, aerobic activity on Saturday and Sunday every week, that would actually serve the same purpose as as five days of 30-minute exercise. So if that works for you, if that works for your lifestyle, uh, that's fine. The key is you want to find a way to build in uh, exercise to your lifestyle. Great information, Dr. Forrest. What are some key points you want uh, people to remember from this week? Well, first, get moving. Any activity is better than none. Uh, Parking farther away from work, school, or shopping can build exercise into your routine and prevent your car from getting dinged as well. Uh, Second, try to get 30 minutes of moderate activity five days a week if you can. That's really the most proven regimen. Don't forget some strength training, which can help burn passive calories, prevent falls, and help prevent fractures. And if nothing else, try to spend at least as much time exercising each day as you do in the bathroom. That would make a lot of us a lot healthier. Boy, wouldn't it, though? (laughs) This has been a really informative show, Dr. Forrest. I really appreciate it. But that is all the time we have for this week. Sure is. And so our scripture this week is from 1 Corinthians 9, 26 through 27. Thus, I do not run aimlessly. I do not fight as if I were shadow boxing. No, I drive my body and train it for fear that after having preached to others, I myself be disqualified. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show this week, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.